Welcome to the Decent Crypto Podcast. Today is Tuesday, July 26th. We are live from Paris in New York City with another deep dive. Today we're getting into Lens Protocol. Matt, you've been excited about this one for a long time. Give the people what they want. What are you most excited about with Lens today? Man, I am so hyped. I don't even know where to start. I guess the place to start is where we always start with the deep dives. Why does this Why exist? Why does this exist? This exists so that people like you can go to Rave's uh, in Paris, where you just party <laughs> with random crypto people all night. Um, so Lens, why this exists? So Lens is a uh, Web3 kind of social protocol. Um, they are trying to build a social media, not a platform, but more a base protocol that anybody can build on top of. And it was built by the same team that built Ave. Uh, so Stani and his whole gang, I wish I friends. could, uh, <laughs> Stani, yeah, and, Stani friends. and friends, I wish I could name all of you. Uh, they also throw these Raves, which Matt just attended. Um, but yeah, so they put out Lens um, on Polygon. Lens is a social media protocol on Polygon, put out maybe six months ago. Their explicit goal why they exist is to address some of the issues of web two social, right? So this is kind of straight from their website. The core problem is data ownership, right? I think this has been a theme that people have been talking about for a decade now, but you know, you go on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you create all this content for them and uh, you, you know, some people are able to monetize and capture value from that, but most people are not. And uh, you're also not able to capture your audience or, or a lot of these other things that come along with being in a social environment. So Lens has kind of stated you have no ownership, have no ownership at right? all. In, yeah, in, in Web2, the, uh, the company that you're interacting with, they own all of the data. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's, uh, it's kind of their moat, right? So if you're on Twitter, uh, and you get banned for some reason, uh, like you lose access to a all of your audience, like your followers, right? And you have to like basically re rebuild from scratch. Um, B, you lose access to the people that you're following, right? So like everyone in crypto has a pretty carefully curated like list of people that they follow. Um, they have Twitter lists, right? Uh, none of that is really exportable um, or or ownable. And so if you lose access to your Twitter, you have to start all over from scratch, uh, which is not yeah. great. Yeah, so Lens's really stated problem they're trying to solve is data ownership. So they say, you know, these Web2 social media giants, what they do is they read from unique kind of centralized databases. And what that does is it locks all their users into these walled gardens, right? So like you said, like, you know, if you've created all this stuff, if you have all these friends in that platform, you basically have to stay there just to be a part of the, the social atmosphere there. Um, you can't take that somewhere else. You can't say like, I want to leave this platform now. They've done me wrong or I just, you know, I'm not rocking with this anymore. I want to take all my friends and go to this other place. I can't do that. Um, so Lens, what they do, their solution is to build a user-owned social graph, right? So it's not just one uh, platform. It's not one company. Uh, it's a social graph. It's going to be open that anybody can plug into and build on top of. So the users control all their data. They own and control all their data. And it's all stored on chain. It's all stored on Polygon, uh, which is the chain that they're building on right now. And with this protocol, they're basically defining a set of smart contracts, a bunch of different uh, smart contracts that all interact with each other. And developers can then build on top of that and build their own kinds of applications that um, allow anybody to interact with that protocol, right? So I can, you know, you and I can go into Lens and, you know, one of the things you can do is you can mint a profile, uh, it's an NFT. Um, we can do that and then we can take that to any of the applications that anybody builds, just like using a normal crypto wallet. Like if you have MetaMask, you can go to any app, you can go to Uniswap or SushiSwap or, you know, literally any other application, connect wallet and just use it 
right there. So lens is aiming to do the same exact thing where if you have your lens profile, you can take it anywhere to any of these different applications and all of your followers, all of your content, all of your retweets, uh, you know, they call them mirrors, comments, anything you've ever done, it's all stored on chain. So it, it comes with you and it lives under your one profile, your profile NFT. Um, so that is kind of their solution. That's why they are going about it this way. That's the problem they're trying to solve. And at its core, that's why Lens Protocol exists. What, what do you think this does for like competition in the social media space when, uh, when applications are all referencing the same underlying data? Is that like good or bad for the consumer? I think it's good for certain things and it's not very useful for others, right? I think if there is, um, I think just trying to map this out in a you know, broader sense, like rather than even just web two social things like that, like, you know, we make these comparisons because they're analogous to the things that we know, but you know, we might be able to build other things with this kind of open protocol, right? Like what I'm thinking is something like an, you know, like a public square or something like that, you know, where there's shared resources that everybody is using and pulling from, but they all kind of have their own little space that, that is a little bit separate, you know? Uh, I don't know if that, that really mm. makes sense because and it's hard to really say right now because there are very few applications and they're super simplistic. You can just do a little post, you can just view everybody's posts. And like the reason they have to start so simplistic is that uh, Lens protocol itself is not building any of these applications themselves. Um, I think they have some kind of grants program where they're, where they're funding them, they're attracting developers, but they're not actually building this, right? So if you have a post that you made on Lens protocol, it's not like you can just go and like see that very easily or like see a kind of timeline or a feed or something. Somebody has to build that. Somebody has to build the algorithm that says like display all these posts that have been made using the lens protocol in a, um, I don't know, just like in a timeline or in whatever kind of format that you want to, right? So somebody has to build all that stuff. The cool part is that anybody can build that. <clears throat> and so what I think that we'll see when you talk about competition is that I think we'll see these like open, um, open algorithm, like maybe even like challenges, right? Like I think Lens is already working on this, but if they're not, they should, where it's like you basically create some kind of challenge and let any developer build any kind of uh, social media algorithm basically using Lens's um, social graph and uh, data sets and say, look, like create the thing that people enjoy the most and, you know, open source it, let anybody plug into it or everybody can make their own and then you know those applications will all run based on different kind of uh, algorithms you know they'll all construct different feeds people can then interact with the ones that they enjoy the most um and then you know they can then build in some kind of incentive or some kind of uh you know financial model within that protocol for you know actually paying out the person who built that or, or whatever what have you right um, I think the competition, I mean, it can, it can even monetize like a standard app, right? Like literally just put some ads on yeah. the web page, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. uh, the competition is good for the consumer, I think, right? Like, uh, because currently social media applications have to compete on sort of two dimensions, right? There's the network effect of like, all of your friends are on this and so you have to join it, right? And you can't leave for another because none of your friends are on the other one, um, and then there's this other aspect, which is just the quality of the user experience and the quality of the application. And to me, uh, like that's where the user really, uh, really gains value, right? Like they get a better experience when more competition is introduced along that dimension. Um, and so, you know, who knows how many higher quality social media experiences have been created since, since you know, Facebook was created and like became popular. But all of those applications would have died without the underlying like social mm -hmm. graph. Uh, and so by creating this open social graph, it really, uh, it really forces developers to focus on the quality of the user experience in, in the actual user facing application, um, which, is, which is good for the consumer. It, it also like democratizes the development mm -hmm. process. So, you know, anyone that has a better idea for how like 
the Twitter timeline algo should work can deploy it, right? Uh, because they all have access to the same underlying content, the same underlying social graph. Um, so, you know, from my perspective, this is like a really big deal, right? It's going to substantially change uh, the the way that social media platforms compete for users. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is going to create a different, it's going to create competition on a different um, plane, almost like a different axis, right? Um, you're not looking at just building the biggest network effect possible. You're building or you're trying to optimize for something that creates the best possible user experience and you don't have to worry about the other things, right? Like the social graph part of it is almost, it's like taken care of for you. Um, which if you, yeah, it, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm super curious as to what kind of use cases come out of that just conceptual model down the Should line. We? Yeah, let's not go there yet. Let's go into- Why, why don't we, uh, well, now that we've sort of covered like the, the the front of mind, like uh, highest level uh, overview of like what Lens is and why it exists. Why don't we go into like actually what Lens exactly. does and how it works and and the core the sort of core components, and then we can sort of ideate on what what those might be used yes. for uh, in the yes. future. Absolutely. Okay. So, <clears throat> Lens protocol. Let's go into the actual you know functionality and how they you know go about executing that. So. The core of Lens is NFTs, like just basically speaking, the relationships between uh, different actors, uh, the relationships between actors and content media is all tied into different kinds of NFTs. Um, so at a very high level, um, the Lens Protocol social graph, you know, it's based on the series of NFTs and they tokenize the interactions that are happening on chain. Um, there are... So let's let's get like an example. Like what's the, what's the when you first join Lens, like yeah. what, what's your first yeah, NFT? Yeah, sure. So there are three different kinds of NFTs. The very first kind is a profile NFT. So profile NFT lives under uh, one wallet one wallet can have multiple profile NFTs though, right? So you're not just tied to one. And that profile, uh, you have a name. It's kind of like a, an ENS domain. You have a, you claim your handle and you get a dot lens, uh, you know, whatever handle you get. So mine is Karankarya dot lens. Um, right now the claiming process works I think it, it, it only is like you're only eligible if you have interacted with certain applications already in the past. So they're basically, it's almost like airdropping, right? Um, there, there was a, there was an open letter and I guess if you signed it, you have access mm -hmm. to, to claim a lens handle. Mm -hmm. Did you sign it? Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even remember That's signing the thing. it. I don't remember I signing access. it at all, but I, I got to claim one. Um, I mean, it sounds like something I would have signed to be honest. 100%. I'm all about it, but uh, I just don't remember doing yeah. it. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay. So you claim your handle and this handle like follows you, like this profile NFT plugs and plays into every application that's built on Absolutely. It's... So it's as if you're, you have like a unified profile NFT for Instagram, I mean, decentralized Instagram, mm -hmm. decentralized Snapchat, decentralized Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Like if you if you were to um, use everything, every application on the internet, it's it's just like having your your MetaMask, right? It's like literally it follows you everywhere. You know, if you go to Uniswap, you do a trade, you get that done. Like you're using the same wallet, right? You go to OpenSea, you, open you want to sell an yeah. NFT, use the same wallet. You want to go and bridge over to a different chain, even you're still using the same wallet. Um, now there's no bridging in, in lens, but just conceptually, that's, that's how it works, right? Your dot lens profile hmm. NFT will follow you everywhere, every single application. Um, so that is the core. Hmm. That's like the centerpiece of the lens protocol. Um, what the profile NFT lets you do is it lets you post publications and publications are really just like pieces of content, right? So posts, um, comments, 
and then they have this like sharing thing called like it's like similar to retweets it's called mirrors um so profile nft lets you post all these publications right so anything you do any kind of and the the, the publications themselves are like owned by the profile and they're owned by the profile nft and this is like it's it's like um have what they have is they have a content uri field um and that points to the actual uh, the content right so that could be on Arweave or it could be on ipfs it could even be on like dropbox or uh, amazon s3 whatever it doesn't matter um but hmm. all of that so similar to like uh to like an nft where like the the image itself is posted somewhere mm-hmm. like ipfs for example uh and then the content URI just, just points exactly. to that. Exactly. Very uh, similar concept. Um, and then in this case... So, so it keeps the amount of data being posted on chain like very relatively minimal. small. Yeah. Even though it is on Polygon, super cheap. Um, yeah. Still doesn't store all that data on chain. It's, it just stores the pointer. Um, the hmm. one other thing to point out here is that this data can really be anything. Uh, photos, videos, GIFs, text. Um, Web yeah, pages. web pages, really anything. Um, it, you just have you're hmm. storing a pointer. Min- so, so super generalized. Yeah. Okay. yeah, exactly. So like you, I think the comparison you made earlier, where it's like you could have a world where your same profile follows you around on this decentralized Twitter, decentralized Instagram, all of these things, and you know you're you're posting all in one place, like it lives all under one profile, but then there will be different applications that let you interface with all that data in different ways, right? So there might be an application that just takes all of the photos that you shared or all the videos that you shared and, and displays those all in a cool way. A different one shares all of your, you know, the comments and the other interactions like text-based interactions you've had, displays those in, in a different way, things like that. They, those can all hmm. be tied under one profile. Um, hmm. So that is the very first kind of NFT on Lens. Um, that is like the, the core centerpiece of, yeah, like the whole ecosystem. Um, real quick on cool. that. So what do you, what do, you do with, uh, with these profiles? Like how does a follow work? Yeah, so then the second kind of NFT is a follow NFT. So this is like the biggest shift, I would say, to uh, the current models of social media where you know if you follow somebody now it's just it's like a very loose link right you're basically you're like following them but then you know there could be an unfollow you you could unfollow them anytime if you have been around twitter um you know you'll you'll know that um people like get unfollowed all the time like randomly um yeah Hmm. stuff like that so yeah the way lens does it is they have a follow nft um and so when you follow a profile on lens you receive a follow nft and the you know creators communities whatever whoever's issuing that follow nft they can encode that nft with uh, additional value right so a user can you know they can have a follow module right that you know, either like maybe it airdrops uh, another kind of NFT, like a gift or something like that to a certain set of their users that have been following them the longest. Uh, let's say they make, um, let's say they launch a new P, like a new collection or, you know, they, they announce something new and they want to allow the people who have been, you know, supporting them for longer than two years to be the first people to have access they can encode that into the follow NFT. Uh, and then and the person that's issuing those NFTs, uh, and you don't actually have to do anything in the protocol. If somebody follows you, they get issued that NFT automatically. Um, you can set all those parameters yourself. Uh, so if you go into the Lens protocol, you can also set something where people can only follow you, follow you if they pay a certain amount of, of crypto, right? So you can set like, five matic as the or five usdc as the amount uh just for people to be able to follow you um so Hmm. so yeah it it creates a different dynamic there like that kind of uh link is 
like it's encoded with or it's encoded with the opportunity to ascribe value uh just to that one so the so the follow nft like the follow module just allows for like arbitrary logic i guess right yeah um just like anything you can code in solidity like can be part of the follow module so it could even be like you're allowed to follow me if you follow my podcast first uh yeah i mean i think yeah actually that'd be super interesting um I huh. wonder, you know, you would have then, to have some kind of like mm-hmm. Oracle that pulls that data in or something like that. Oh, you're saying like, if you follow my no, podcast no, you can, on uh, Lens. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. good idea. We should do that. Um, yeah. Um, or you could even have like, a, you know, like a, a PO app, right? Where it's like, okay, if you have this PO app or whatever, or, you know, maybe you need some secret phrase, which differs based on your wallet address, right? Like to verify that like you're, you're in the allow list. Um, like any, any arbitrarily complex logic is, is exactly. allowed, right? Well, in that um, case, and then the, the, yeah, I mean, in that example that you mentioned that the follow NFT kind of is that PO app. Um, it kind of is like, look, only if you're following this person, if you're following me, then you can be on the allow list or you could set it to like even cooler stuff. It's like, if you've been following me since July of last year, only then will you be on the allow list. You know, it's like some stuff that you can't even fake. Right. Like, um, yeah. Uh, well, so, so the data is all on chain. One interesting thing about the follow NFT, right? So, um, they built this functionality of ordering where uh, like there's a counter and it gets incremented for each uh, successive follower. Uh, and so this is what you're referring to with like, you could have an airdrop to like your first hundred followers or whatever. Uh, obviously all of that's on chain, right? Like there's no, there's no need for them to include that as part of the core primitives here. Uh, but it does sort of like create a much more convenient interface, right? Do, do you do you see what yeah, I'm getting right. at? So uh, either like, you would have to go and like scrape that data and say like, okay, what number follower was this person of mine? Look at it on chain and then like. Yeah, I mean, you don't even necessarily need to scrape it, right? Like you can encode it in a smart contract the same way that you encode like allow listing for NFT minting. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, so like if you had a. Or like, uh, you know, think about like an airdrop, like the SOS token, where they compute like how much gas you've used over the last like two years or whatever on, on OpenSea. Um, and then, you know, like you, you just use like a, I think there's like a Merkle tree hash uh, that you can, uh, or a root hash that, that you use. Uh, but at, at any rate, uh, all of it is available directly on chain, but this is like one feature that they built out trying to make it like just a little bit more developer friendly. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you know, that's so that no, so that people don't have to like re- roll their own, like, you know, follower counter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, and it's also just like way more gas efficient, right. To like, just assume that like this might be useful enough that like it's worth putting, uh, an incrementer into each of these NFTs. Uh, and like that way, if you know, you write it once to the blockchain, right. It's like, you know, one integers worth of data. Uh, but like you might read it a whole bunch of times and it's more gas efficient to, to do it that way than it is to like recompute all of this from scratch every single time you want to refer to someone's first N followers. And that is what we call Matt corner for all the engineers out <laughs> there. Um, okay, cool. So we have our profile NFTs centerpiece of everything, every publication, everything lives under there. They have this linking kind of architecture with other profiles called the follow nft the very last kind of nft that we have is the collect uh nft so a collect nft is how creators are able to monetize their publications so if you have a publication that you put on your profile right like i make a post on my profile I'm able to build in a collect module where I let people collect the post that I've just made. It mints that to their profile as an NFT, as a collect NFT, saying that they collected that. And I can, and I can say like, and I can then encode a bunch of different things to that. I can say only, there can only be a thousand 
people that collect this or a thousand total collected pieces, I can say to collect one, you have to pay again, a certain amount. Um, I can encode all this different kind of stuff. And then with those collect NFTs, I can, again, encode different things down the line. Right. And with the, the follow and the collect NFTs, I can kind of build the, the components of, you know, like the social graph community that I'm building as a user, as a creator, uh, just using these primitives on the protocol. Um, then there will be a bunch of apps that take those things, take those interactions and build a bunch of stuff on top of them. Um, but those are kind of the primitive there. Uh, so those are three core NFTs. Hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. So collect is the one that I feel like I sort of understand the value proposition the least. Um, so I, I guess the idea is to make it possible for creators to monetize their content very mm -hmm. easily. Right. Um, and, uh, I understand like the the goal there. What I'm wondering is why a user would ever have the desire to to you know mint a, a collect NFT and like pay money for you know collecting a piece of content. Look, dude, we are people that pay money for digital photos of penguins. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, yes, and no, right? Uh, because with the with the penguins, I guess there's like a, a little bit more of a sense of scarcity. Um, whereas with content, in order to be up to speed in the content game, like you have to just be constantly creating mm -hmm. new content, mm -hmm. right? Uh, like, like us on yeah. the podcast, Twice a week, right? Maybe. Like, do you, I mean, I mean, I guess I could see a world where like people, especially like the MEV episode, they want to collect mm -hmm. it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical of whether or not that's going to be like a good effective way for creators to monetize uh relative to like classical creator monetization schemes such as uh uh advertising yeah right? i think the way that um, i think the thing that this will more replace than a traditional advertising model will be kind of like the um a kickstarter kind of model right where hmm. um you know you like uh the most notable thing that's happened on Lens so far is this collection put out by Pussy Riot. Uh, you know, the uh, hmm. the Russian lady? Yes. Uh, yeah, the band. Yeah. They're um, always early. They're early to everything. Dude, okay, I hate shilling other things, but her, I think her name is Nadia. Um, hmm. She's been in this Web3 stuff for a long time. Uh, she did a podcast with uh, Marina Abramovich. Uh, Marina Abramovich, like one of the most famous artists of the century, maybe of the last century, uh, like traditional artists, is putting out her own Genesis NFT collection on Tezos. Um, and hmm. so the two of them got together and did a podcast with Kevin Rose on Proof Collective. Amazing, amazing show, if you like art especially. Um, but anyways, so... Good thing none of our user, none yeah, of our true. listeners. Everybody like hates art. NFTs, um, but nobody's even gotten this far. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're thirty-seven minutes, thirty-seven minutes yeah. in. You know, like exactly. forget it. Um, okay, so <laughs> she did the thing, uh, Nadia from Pussy Riot. What she did, she put out a collection on uh, Lens, and the idea is that uh, it's like basically like an anti-abortion. Uh, um, it's not an anti-abortion, it's an anti-abortion law, um, uh, kind of like movement protests, like you collect the POAP. Um, one of the things they enabled was like, if you collected that, then you could, uh, or what was it? They had some kind of thing where it's like, if you participated in that, you could like claim another lens handle. Um, so hmm. that was like one thing where it's like, okay, you're actually adding utility, uh, to these collect NFTs, right? Um, and so in the mm. future, I could see that it's like, I could see this being something more akin to a Kickstarter type model where it's not even just the, like you put in the money and you get something out of it, right? Like with Kickstarter, you get an early version of the product or like if you support somebody like writing a book, you get, you get a signed copy of the book or whatever with these collect NFTs. I think it's more like, you know, you're supporting these creators early and you're being a part of their communities early. I think it's the same thing with like photography or, you know, these different kinds of NFT projects or, um, 
NFT ideas that, you know, maybe you're not just buying it for the art or just for the speculative portion, but, you know, for the actual community aspect or for the participatory aspect, right? Um, hmm. So I think... So you're, you're jumping into utility collecting. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> you said the words, not me. Uh, no, I think it's utility. Um, but yeah, like, I think that... Uh, <laughs> I think that... Mm-hmm. You know, like, in a weird way, yeah, I actually am saying that. I think that this is, like, a better way to bootstrap, like, utility NFTs. Because, like, look, utility-based NFTs, like, token-gated, like, value-add, right? Just that general concept. I think it's a powerful general concept, right? The idea that you have additional value given to you if you're a part of some kind of membership group or community. Like, I don't think that's a really foreign idea. Like that's existed for a long time. Um, and so like, I just think this is a, another implementation of that, right? Like not everybody wants to join a community just through a profile picture, right? Like other people might want to join communities through like retweeting a poem, right? Like, I don't know, neither of us are into poetry, but like, if you're into that stuff, right? Like, isn't it a pretty cool way hmm. to symbol like, yo, we all shared the exact same piece of poetry from like this underground random, like digital, like, I don't know, slam poetry person. And like, we all found each other on lens protocol that way. I don't know. I could see it happening. I'm like, I'm not ruling it out. Uh, that's so cool. I love that. I love that idea. Um, okay. Poetry now, NFTs, now I think I kind of understand. That's what it is. <laughs> lens protocol. Hit us up. <laughs> um so uh okay i guess now now we've kind of covered like the core functionality do you do you want to talk quickly about uh mirroring and oh yes okay so um yeah this is like very simple stuff commenting is just a comment on a post you can also collect a comment right it has the same modularization as a post so you can collect comments Mm -hmm. um and then you can mirror, you a, can comment mirror too. a comment too. Yeah, uh, mirroring is just sharing, retweeting. Um, yeah. Retweeting. Uh, yeah, nothing too crazy um, about either of those. You know what's so cool about the the pussy riot uh-huh. thing is um, today we have these utility NFTs that are very standalone projects, right? So, for example, um, Moonbirds, right? Uh, like loosely tied to a person, Kevin Rose, right? Uh, And pretty successful. Uh, You know, Pudgy Penguins, not really super tied to a person, right? Like um, Punks tied to a company, not really a person. But there's a deeper level of significance that you get when like joining a community. If the like leadership of that community is already like known right so by putting these sorts of things like like you know there's nothing a collect collecting an nft can do that like minting an nft can't do right um but by having it in the context of this social graph it makes it much more mm-hmm. powerful yeah 100 percent. because there's like a, a person or, or, or an organization organization under like whom like the like under their profile NFT, that's where this content gets created. And that content is what mm-hmm. you collect. It, it just sort of um, gives it like a deeper significance than just like a randomly minted ERC 721. 100%. I think right? where like there isn't that like tie back to a person or profile or community. Yeah. I think this could become the ultimate form of signaling, signaling in a way. Right. It's like, you know, like you're, you know, if, I think what needs to happen in the future, and I think this will happen. This is super, super early days. It's been just a couple of months. There's like less than 40,000 users that have ever interacted with this thing. Um, But I think what needs to happen is like, you know, the content obviously needs to be built up and it will get there. But I think that there needs to be different ways to interact with the content and to like display it to like, like to perceive it um, because I think there will be a lot of different things going on within just that protocol and it can cater to a lot of different 
communities or different types of people that want like with the poetry example like that's one thing but then there will be a lot of different kind of ways that people want to interact with this and like it's up to the you know application developers to build stuff that caters to those communities themselves you know uh, i don't know if that makes sense but um that's kind of yeah the... it's at this point it's a it's one part content but that will come mm -hmm. and the real the really exciting part is like the applications that are going to get built on top of yeah. that content yeah exactly like i mean look content is king right content is always going to be king but like with this with this specifically like this technology um i think like you said the thing that happens when you take away needing to build up the whole social network part of it is that you can just focus on user experience like i think there will be people that are deep 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 in certain industries like you know whether they be like you know like niche niche industries actually that can build on top of this social graph and build like a very unique kind of experience like I'm thinking like a digital gallery type experience that we've never seen before because it's built by somebody who's actually had a lot of experience building either physical or digital galleries but they never really had that experience to build something at this scale because it's like well how are you going to bootstrap that kind of that level of all that art and all these people and all that kind of stuff it's like well if that art is built out for you then you know maybe you can just focus on building some real cool shit uh so that's hmm. that's what I'm excited about. That's super I forgot cool. what you actually asked me. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I'm so bold up on <laughs> yeah, lens. Like <laughs> I I think lens is the most slept on thing in the entire industry today. Dude, me too. Me too. This is why we started chatting about this. It's like when this came out, I feel like it got a little bit of hype. Uh, I was like, oh, the Ave guys are doing a social protocol. And I feel like that was the big narrative is like, oh, yeah, the Ave people are now like getting into social. It's like. That's that's at least what I thought when I first saw it. I was like, why is Ave building a social like what web three social like this is the dumbest thing, bearish Ave. But then yeah. I looked into it more and I was like, wait, this is insane. Like this is so cool. Um and it's I got nothing to do with Ave at all except just the team like the founder at least and some of the team. Um but yeah, like I think it's also cool that they chose to do it on Polygon because this could never be done on Ethereum. It is still like playing around with it. It is still a little clunky because you have to sign every single transaction and it's like not as smooth as just hitting post and it's there. Um, so some of these signing the transactions like Polygon is not instant. Uh, it just it's still to settle and to actually confirm. And maybe this is like a internet thing for me, um, but, it, but it takes like just that one or two seconds. It always just messes your experience up. So some of these things need to get figured out, but I think they'll get there. I mean, I think like that is good and bad, right? I think like having to having to wait a couple of seconds and sign a transaction in order to post something is going to lead to like a different kind of content getting posted. If that it's makes true, sense, it's true. Yeah, people will think like, oh, this is going on chain. Like this can't, I can't take this off ever. I guess you could change the metadata. Yeah. Or change the content URI, but uh, well, I don't know if you can. Uh, that's a good question. I wonder if you can change the content URI, uh, or if that's like immutable. But also, if you threw something on IPFS and like you change the metadata, like that will happen on the chain as well. On IPFS, Everyone will be able to right? see every version. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. Um. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it it changes things yeah. a little bit. What are some of the crazier, more interesting, like wildly speculative thing? Well, first let's talk about Lenster, I guess is probably the yeah, biggest Lenster, one. What, what is Lenster? Lenster is by far the biggest app um, on Lens. It's basically a uh, social feed. Mm -hmm. um, very simple kind of app. Um, honestly, like it just displays top posts. Uh, it feels kind of like Twitter. Yeah, right? it feels a little bit like Twitter. It's actually like very similar to Twitter in terms of look. Um, there's just really not much going on. They have a little explore page where you can look at like the top. It's it's like a Reddit in that sense. You can look at the top posts, top comments, top like shared things like that. Um, and then they have like yeah like a more Twitter style timeline. And then I don't know. Yeah, there's okay. So there's like communities on there. You can check out all these different kinds of communities. 
Um, it is good. Like the, it's well done. There's just really not much going on. Uh, you know, like I'm on there right now, right? And I go to the homepage and the top post is Coinbase support dot lens launched a new community four days ago. Before that, <laughs> it was, you know, uh, teaparty.lens posted something six days ago. So those are the top posts right now. Um, yeah, in communities, I'm seeing things like Rave memories. Exactly, people are posting uh, Rave, which, yeah. Rave stuff. Um, it's, it's, it's fine. I mean, um, you know... I mean, there's not that much content yeah, exactly. there yet, right? But I actually think the interface is nice. Oh, the nice, interface is great. Right? Yeah, I, like, I do like uh, Lenster in that sense. Yeah. Built by this guy, Yogi, Yogi, Yoginth, maybe. I don't know. Some, I don't know. I guess this kid is like 18 or something. Um, shout out, dude. <laughs> in Bangalore, maybe. How cool is India. that? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty wow, wild, really? man. Yeah, random like 18-year-old kid in Bangalore. Um, That's yeah, so cool. Pretty insane. Um, yeah, shout out to you, dude. It just shows like lens like fully just levels the playing field, right? Straight up. Like, That's uh, the thing, man. Like, yeah. you know, there's not many people on there now. Like, just imagine. And, and of course, like, we don't know if this is going to happen. But imagine if you had been on Twitter when there were 40,000 people there and the 40,000 people that had ever joined. Like, there's probably five to 10,000 people at most that go on there every day. I would say it's probably closer to like a couple thousand, you know? Just imagine if you were there. Hundreds, yeah, like hundreds, maybe. right? Like, imagine if you were on Twitter yeah. in those days. Like, opportunity space is infinite, right? Like, if you have something interesting to say, like, just keep saying it. You know, <laughs> at some point, maybe somebody will listen. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, oh, man. If only I had something interesting. Yeah, exactly. To say. Exactly. That's our <laughs> motto for this podcast. <laughs> um, um, okay, let's see. Okay, let's talk about some of the crazier yes. stuff. What are your uh what are your like moonshot use cases for lens? Where does this go in 200 years? Where does this go in 200 years? I think lens should shift to a DAO tooling protocol. <laughs> uh, okay. They, they do have actually some DAO <laughs> yeah, tooling yeah. features built into the protocol. And it just really doesn't feel uh, like something that should have existed in this protocol. It feels like it's like an open source mm. thing and someone wanted to build it and they were like, all right, I guess, why not? Like the DAO guy, you know, there's always going to be a DAO there's guy in every DAO meeting yeah. who's like, or, or girl, right? Like, uh, there's yeah, only yeah, a DAO person. Are very, like, very sensible. Yeah. Hey guys, They're not going to propose can, we make a fucking can, DAO. Can we add some DAO <laughs> tooling? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, okay, so there's like actually DAO tooling in Lens where like, Using the follow NFT architecture, you can build your own DAO. Um, what it is, is I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This. I gotta go. I gotta hit the restroom. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Matt's gonna be back in like 25 yeah. minutes once we're done with this portion. <laughs> DAO tooling, like sure, drama. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so basically, the idea is like with these follow NFTs, right? What you can do is you can create this uh, voting and delegation system um, across like a couple different axes, right? So the follow NFT basically creates the basis of governance on lens, right? And governance not meaning like governing the lens protocol itself. Um, I think lens has a DAO that like helps with that, but I don't really care about that. Yeah, um, they do. Yeah. Well, uh, we should care about that because they're the ones that allow list uh, addresses to create or to claim lens handles. Um, yeah, but they've basically said like it's ju it's not a DAO right now. Like it's just them. Uh, I yeah, am the DAO. They are the DAO. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's like sure. Mm -hmm. they, they did say they will decentralize down the line. I don't know. Whatever, whatever. Um, but with governance, right? With follow NFTs, that's how you create this like governance structure on Lens. So the follows allow for uh, power delegation across two different axes, right? So total power delegated, and this is how they describe all this, right? Two different things: total power delegated, power at a certain uh, like X time, right? So, uh, <laughs> um, so basically somebody could like encode governance rights into like their first like thousand followers or something like that. And they can basically say like, look, if you were one of the first thousand followers, 
you have higher rights versus, uh, you know, other followers, other people, and you can, you know, either be allowed to make proposals, you can uh, have higher voting power, things like that. Um, and, and this can all be encoded within the follow NFT itself. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about like the use cases and like some of the cool things that you think, uh, might get built on lens in like the near or far future. Yeah. I mean, I think like with this utility stuff, um, you know, I think like the core part of this is like actually being able to engage with your community in, you know, different ways than you could otherwise. And like, I don't know, like you laugh off governance, like other people laugh off governance, but it's like the whole core part of this is like, you want people to be able to engage in more ways than just like, I'm staring at you or like, I'm just like engaging with what you do passively. Um, and like people want other ways to interact, right? Um, and so I think this is a way to allow people other ways to interact outside of just you know, like passively and passively engaging. Um, so yeah, I think like this is a way to like give people rights, like give people different kinds of rights. Like why do people go to like air, air, airplane lounges and like sign up for like credit card points and shit like that, or like go, you know, try and go to like VIP sections of like, you know, different clubs or, you know, get like, you know, I don't know, stay at the same hotel. Like I don't really do any of that stuff, but it's a massive, massive part of the global economy. Um, and so, yeah, I think if there are ways where somebody is able to say like, look, I was the first person that followed this random like artists, like I feel this way about Bob Moses. I was like, yeah, nobody was listening to this band back in 2016. Only I was. And now they're blown up. And it's like, yo, if I had an NFT that was like, yo, you were one of the first like nine fans of Bob Moses, which I wasn't. But that would be amazing. Uh, and then if that NFT was like, yo, every concert that we do forever, you can just come chill with us and uh, say what's up because you were the first like 10 people that ever cared about us, you know? Um, that to me is like how I see this stuff going. Um, I think like this is a way for all of these different, like different kind of ideas that are loosely, you know, connected to all be tied into one. And I think it's a really good, or at least very interesting model that they've chosen to make this as open as possible and to not really restrict what you can do with this, just to lay out like maybe four or five, six different primitives and say like, look, just like have at it, you know? Um, I think with the governance stuff, right? Like for the most part, most things, you, most people are not going to assign any kind of governance rights to an NFT. They're not gonna encode different sets of value to different people, different like, you know, things like that. Um, but the fact that it exists is going to allow for a new design space that didn't exist before, right? So um, hmm. I think that, you know, it's going to let people create in new ways that, you know, we haven't thought of yet. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's a really, it's an interesting point you make about like being actively part of social media rather than like passively consuming. Right. Uh, and you know, a lot of, a lot of social media engagement stats have dropped off, right. Um, over the last couple of years, because there are a lot of people that don't enjoy like participating the way they used to, because there's quite a bit of pressure because it, it has shifted to this like primarily consumption only, uh, model. Um, I mean, if you look at like Twitter users, I'd imagine 1% of them accounts for 50% of the tweets. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it is, it is interesting in that it, it allows you to create different models of, of user interaction. Um, I think some of the coolest stuff that we're going to see coming out of lens is really, it really revolves around the openness, not just of like the social graph, but also of the content itself. So if you think about, uh, back to your poetry example, right? Like there are different subgenres of poetry too. There's like free form, there's like more traditional, right? Um, and as a developer, you could look at the social graph and look at people that are creating poetry or tagging things with a poetry tag. Uh, and then you can build out the subgraphs there. People that are really into like French poetry, for example, they might be like one kind of subgraph. And if I participate in that, uh, 
maybe uh, a developer could tag me as like someone that's into that. And, you know, while I'm here in Paris, maybe I want to see some French slam poetry, but uh, I would never be able to find out about that uh, because like, you know, the today's social media applications are so generalized that, uh, to the point where like, you can't really do that kind of micro-targeting um, because the, the content is just not specific enough, I guess. Um, and so, like, when I go on Twitter, like, my ads are for, like, credit cards and shit, right? Uh, they're maybe for crypto exchanges because they've, you know, managed to put that together. But if I'm, like, an advertiser that wants to advertise to a certain subgroup of, of like, pr lens profiles in particular, that will become possible for me. Right. And and I can write my own algos to, to figure out which users I want to target here. Right. Uh, so if I'm hosting some kind of French poetry event and I want to invite people that are like into that community, I could easily find them on Lens. Right. Um, and so I think like for things like events, I think this is going to be really big uh, because their events kind of are like generally like a community driven activity. Um, but not only that, like, you know, any kind of product, really, like, like, this is effectively an advertiser's dream, but in a good way, right? Because the users know exactly which content they're putting on chain. And it's and it's very clear that like, those are the rules from the start. But all of the content that they put on chain is openly accessible by everyone. Um, and so it allows advertisers to tailor their, uh, their product like more efficiently toward people that might actually want to be informed about a certain yeah product. yeah i mean like imagine the guy who wrote the TikTok algorithm and just applying that to every other thing that's interesting in life you know uh that's the that's the opportunity here um yeah if you're a content creator go at it uh if you're an algorithm mm -hmm. developer if you wrote the TikTok thing brother g send that guy over um uh, <laughs> anything else you think is interesting about lens matt uh, no, I'm just so excited to see all of the use yeah. cases that, that drop out of it. Uh, you should follow us yeah, on Lens. Follow us on uh, Lens. We will be posting yeah. this piece of content on Lens and uh, starting to follow people soon. Soon. Um, soon. soon <laughs> hit us up if you want to yeah, follow hit us. Hit us up, exactly. Uh, we'll be back in a few days with a recap of everything that happened this week. Until then, stay decent. Uh, if you're looking for advice, you are definitely in the wrong place. Uh, until next time, stay decent. <laughs>